everybody. Welcome to a very special episode 30 of the Theater Forward podcast coming to you um, simultaneously from many of our individual homes uh, here in Wisconsin. Uh, I'm Jen Apoff gray I'm the founder and artistic director of Forward Theater Company. And I'm Julie Swenson. I'm the managing director of Forward. I'm Mike Fisher. I'm a Milwaukee-based writer and dramaturg and huge Forward fan and member of the Forward family. I am Scott Hayden. I'm the director of marketing at Forward Theater Company and also the producer of the Theater Forward podcast. <laughs> and, uh, you know, we were kind of wondering, what what should we talk about for this episode? Um, and obviously, um, we're going to talk about um, the very strange new world that all of us um, arts producers and theater makers find ourselves in, uh, in late March of 2020. Um, and uh, talk a little bit about not only what's going on here in Madison, here in Wisconsin, but across the country and the world as, as all of us um, try to adjust to the rapidly changing circumstances. So um, I thought I'd just kick us off with a quick little recap of our own timeline here at Forward, and then we'll, we'll go from there. So, um, you know, just over two weeks ago, we were in the midst of rehearsals for our um, spring production of The Amateurs by Jordan Harrison. Um, I was directing that one. We were in the rehearsal room, and on, I believe it was Thursday, March 12th, that morning, we as a staff decided that it was no longer um, uh a good idea for us to be planning on having uh, public performances of our show. So we worked on uh, transitioning to a plan to videotape uh, our production. We were only two days out from starting tech rehearsals at that point. So we were working on all the permissions and logistics to film and to continue forward with tech and communicating with our patrons about our change in plan. Um, by the next day, um, facilities around the state were um, told specifically not to um, have performances with gatherings of more than 250 people. Um, on the uh, 14th, uh, on Pi Day, we started tech, trying to kind of race through teching this production so that we could um, film it and share it and document the beautiful work that our team was doing. Um, and then on Monday, March 16th, um, the guideline recommendations changed to have um, no more than 10 people gathering. Uh, together and obviously we took, it needs more than that for us to tech our show. So we stopped in the midst of our tech process and sent home those that were working in the theater. And we've all been um, working from home ever since with everything kind of on pause. Um, couple of things that we um, can, can tell you about what's going on uh, in our current planning. Uh, because everything is still sitting there in the theater, we have not completely given up hope of potentially recording um, our production. Uh, that may or may not happen. It just depends on how circumstances evolve. But right now, everything's sitting in, in a dark and beautiful theater. So we will uh, keep those options on the table for as long as we can. Um, our staff is having daily Zoom meetings. Uh, Boy, I didn't know what Zoom was a couple weeks ago, and I suspect that's the same case for most of you out there. Um, and I'm very jealous of people who have stock in Zoom. <laughs> um, we were able to make a commitment to our artists right out of the gate that everyone's being paid their full um, contract amount um, for this production, and, and we're moving forward with all of our plans for next season. But obviously, this is an incredibly uncertain time, and that's sort of sort of our recap there of um, of where we are, and there's tons of other things to talk about, but that's um, 
those are the circumstances here, the context in which um, we're going to be thinking and talking about everything. Um, and uh, and Mike, you were going to talk a little bit about how we're going to uh, do this conversation this way. You've got your hand raised. Well, I've got my hand raised um, with the thought that I, I'm stealing this shamelessly from the Democratic debates. But unlike the Democratic debates, even if more than one of us has our hand in the air at a time, we will manage not to talk over each other. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, that's just a way of ensuring since this technology doesn't work with people overlapping the glorious spontaneity that you're all used to from us, where we often do talk over each other as we sort of tussle through an issue is going to be missing from this particular conversation. Um, I guess I, I'll start with something that's maybe a little bit optimistic in all of this is I am thrilled that. Uh, the bill that uh, looks like it's going to pass, maybe it already has this afternoon, I'm not sure, but that the okay. House has voted, it, yeah, that, that it is including uh, gig economy, uh, gig working people, self-employed people, which means a lot of actors who would normally not qualify for unemployment is people who are going to be eligible for the benefit, uh, the, the significant, uh, as much as anything is in this bill with when nothing's really enough, uh, amount of money that will be able to flow to people. Because the big concern I have, and Jen and Julie, you obviously uh, are probably closer to this and can talk more to this than I can, is that uh, with the sustained period of unemployment that a lot of theater artists are looking at, you know, will people be able to just come back after it's all done? I mean, you're going to lose theater companies. I think we, we know that. Um, uh, but, you know, anything we can do to sustain both those companies through the small business loans in this bill or, to, you know, the, the theater artists who depend on the work that no, now is not available uh, so that we have them when it's over it makes me feel good. I mean, I mean, I'm grasping at straws here, but that to me is a fairly good size, that's almost a log, less than a straw. I mean, it's something I can feel, I can, I can hang on to and float with for a little while. Yeah. Well, the question we had to have as a staff in terms of optimism and going forward and something we, we chose um, after much consideration is the closing of amateurs, um, reworking our Wisconsin rights, the timing of that. But we are full steam ahead with next season, getting brochures out, get um, subscriptions in the, in the mail. And I, I think that's the only way you can be at this time. I think that the, we can only look forward to when, when this comes to an end or in some way evens out, what's the next step? And I know that we're not the only ones um, looking at hopefully starting a season in the fall and kind of going full steam ahead towards that. Yeah, it's, it's, um, it's so hard for so many of our peers out there. And um, <laughs> I put something like this on social media last week, but it, it bears repeating. Um, and that is a plea for, for all of us in this community, whether we're the people making the theater or the people who love and attend the theater um, and support the theater for all of us to um, to be patient and assume the best of intentions in all of our peers. All of us are having to keep our 
um, decision-making brains so active right now as um, information and circumstances change so incredibly rapidly. Um, and, and even just thinking these last two weeks, it feels like a, 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 almost a lifetime of, of having to roll with day-by-day choices. And as I, as I look at our colleagues who run summer theaters or summer programs um, and, and the decisions people are trying to make with no clear, um, no clear understanding of, of how this situation is going to continue to evolve, um, to just assume and give the benefit of the doubt to, to all of our peers as we try to figure this out. I, I, you know, we're, we're fortunate we have enough of a rainy day fund at Forward that we're able to, um, you know, while we know we will take a significant financial loss from both the cancellation of the amateurs and likely depressed ticket sales next season, um, you know, we feel confident about our ability to survive that. Some companies don't feel um, as uh, strong and solid. To your point, Mike, I think this is going to be a devastating time for our industry. Um, certainly the most devastating since the, you know, late 2008, early 2009 recession and all of the closures that happened then. That was the time in which Forward was born. Um, and I also do, though, want to make a, a, a plea um, to all of my colleagues who are at companies that do have a rainy day fund um, to, to spend as much of it as they responsibly can in supporting our artists right now, to honor as many contracts, offer as many contracts, do what you can, um, knowing that every single company is in a different financial situation than every other company. But um, if you have managed to build a reserve, um, you know, this isn't just a rainy day, it's, you know, a hurricane um, and everything we can do to take care of each other um, and just get through this is going to make all of us stronger um, at the end of it. But it's scary times. Yeah, Mike. Yeah. I mean, I think you're seeing this on a national level too. It's surprising and, and heartening to me that even uh, economists that will characterize themselves as libertarians or as deficit hawks are all saying on a national level, exactly, Jen, what you just said on our on our local level, which is this is the time in which you do not worry about how much money you're spending. Two trillion, make it another trillion. I mean, we have to keep the country afloat and we have to keep our profession afloat. And this is not a time for uh, for theater companies when they have that fund, if there is some way legally they can spend it to spend it. I also think it's important um, and this is something Forward has really done in the messaging sense the amateurs closed, which I'm, I'm very proud of this with Forward, is to not cry wolf when you in fact have a rainy day fund and even though it will come at a significant cost, are able to do something for your artists and know that you're going to be able to stay afloat. That's an important part of the messaging. And that's my plea to theater companies. If there are theater companies out there that while all of us are going to suffer through this, are probably going to be okay with whatever hardships that entails. They are not the ones that should be pleading for scarce funds because what you're already starting to see, and you're getting a lot of journalists talking about this in our profession, is we, we could move toward a sort of uh, a dog-eat-dog world where we're all competing for funds instead of manifesting the kind of uh, collaborative spirit, which has always made theater so special. And part of that collaborative spirit right now is those that need the money comparatively less. I mean, all theater companies need need money, need to step back and let those that are really 
on the verge of going under be able to come forward with pleas so that the donors who are out there can help them. They can't help everybody, but they might be able to help the companies that are in most need of that money right now to, to survive. Because right now we're talking with a number of companies about just surviving. Can I add to, and it's not, it's not necessarily a financial survival, but what has become really interesting and a lot of people we tried um, unsuccessfully um, is this whole idea of video taping performances now and and selling them you know for for a very nominal amount of money is what I'm seeing across the nation but I've been thinking a lot about does that does that change the way we do theater um, does theater then do we go back to everybody in one room enjoying this collectively or will we always have from now on a part of it that is videotaped um, going forward that there is, there is always an opportunity to see this on your TV. I'm asking that. I've been thinking about that a lot. Does it change? Has it, has it changed inexorably now? Well, I guess <laughs> I, I'll certainly, I am, um, I've got mixed feelings about this. Um, one of the feelings I have, having sat through one of the first companies that did this in this current moment uh, in the country was Theater Wit in Chicago with its production of Teenage Dick, which was just about to open and was able to put out, even with a small audience, um, a, a, call it pay-per-view, I don't know what the right term is, you buy a ticket, uh, you're on your honor system that you're only going to buy one ticket per person. And if there's multiple people watching, they should be buying multiple tickets. They're only allowed to sell as many tickets as there are seats in the house. That was the deal that got worked out with equity. Uh, since this was an equity house, um, it was heartening to me to, 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 to watch this and to be a part of it and to be a part of a post show live zoom discussion, since we were all supposed to try to start watching as close to eight o'clock as possible. But it, the show is about you know, a teenage version of Richard III and is specifically taking up very expressly the issue of disabilities. Um, in fact, the director of the show, uh, whose name escapes me right now, a young Asian American man, is himself uh, disabled. And it made me think about this sort of option as one which, on a going forward basis, if we truly care about making our theaters as accessible as possible, maybe in more circumstances than you see now, something we want to, to offer. Having said that, I, and I guess I'm curious what, what the two of you think. I mean, we've all watched you know, national theater broadcasts or other things that are simulcast mm -hmm. productions. Does it do the same thing for you as being in a theater? I mean, to me, it, 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 it's, it's not the same, both in the sense of not being around other people, um, but also just in terms of the, uh, the, the technology, I feel sometimes that it's hard for actors not to come across as overacting, even when they're in fact not, when I'm watching their performances on a small screen. But maybe that's just me. No, I would, uh, I, I would agree with you, Mike. On that. I, I've always thought, I think we talked about this in an earlier broadcast as well, about um, the availability of, of uh, live streamed or, or filmed theater. Um, before all of this happened. And I've always been of the mindset that it's a great thing um, as a backup, as a plan B to the real thing, right? That, that um, sometimes you can't see a live production either because we're all stuck in our homes 
or because there's some exciting production at the National Theater or on Broadway or at some theater in a community that is not yours, that's a really exciting opportunity to see that production, knowing that it is not as good um, an experience as being there live, but it, it is certainly better than not getting to see it at all. And so, I, I mean, I, I really don't have a, a strong sense right now, uh, to your point, Julie, of whether this is going to really signal a major change or if it's going to be a, a, a temporary shift that goes back. But I, I, I do think that, that we're all going to learn some new skills uh, in terms of filming our work um, and some new flexibility maybe from some of our partners to come up with more creative ways to share our work with, with people who might otherwise not be able to partake. But I, I think the theater has survived um, uh, prognostications of its doom for millennia in part because it is so, we, we so crave that human connection of sitting together in the dark, in you know these seats with our fellow community members watching a piece of art together where the, the artists are breathing the same air that we are. In this particular moment, we don't all wanna be breathing each other's air. Um, so everything's on pause, but I, I do think the special um, live communal aspect of theater is gonna always be part, part of what makes our, our art form survive, so. I mean, I threw that out, not as a, um, I think this is the way it should go. Because oh, absolutely. Right, right, right. Theater is, uh, it's a communal experience. It's to be in a room with strangers watching the same thing and experiencing it at the same time. Um, but I, I will be curious to see if there is some aspect of this videotape, especially since equity has gotten on board. And that was always one of the, um, the bigger obstacles. Now that they are on board, or have at least allowed some of this to go forward, it will be interesting to me to see how much is retained as, as we continue. Right, and, and keeping in mind that uh, not only do we not know how long this current situation of, of all being um, sort of sheltering in place at home will persist, but we, this next season ahead um, is going to continue to have major challenges. It's going to be a while before this particular illness um, is ceases to be a major concern. Um, and so figuring out what our backup plans for this whole next season need to be um, is, is, a, is a big question and filming may be a part of the, the answers. So um, yeah, I, I have to say, I've been trying really hard um, and maybe our, our most recent production of Every Brilliant Thing is partly responsible for this, but really hard to think about the things I'm especially grateful for right now in this difficult time. And obviously, you know, everyone in the Forward family, our board and our, our staff and our advisory company and all the artists we work with, of course. Um, the two real areas of gratitude for me right now, one has been our colleagues at the Overture Center for the Arts. That's our, our home where we perform. I mean, they are dealing with um, such a massive scale of shutdown right now because they canceled something like a hundred individual performances and dealing with all of the refunds and dealing with the scheduling and the financial losses and, and they're just doing superhuman things. Um, 
to take care of not only their own operations, but, but to help out all of the resident organizations like Forward that call that space home. And so I've just been so grateful for all of them. And also I have to say for our subscriber base, um, the words of support um, and encouragement, um, you know, we've, when we canceled the show, we of course um, asked our patrons to consider donating the cost of their tickets back to us if they were in a position to do so, but also perfectly willing to offer refunds to anybody who wanted a full refund and, and the generosity of our subscription base um, in, in helping us in this you know, critical time. Um, I'm just so humbled and grateful for all of those folks. Um, it means so much and it's kind of helping us through this time. Absolutely. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm grateful to the number of theater artists who, in the ways that they can, are continuing to contribute to sort of giving us uh, something to sustain us. I mean, not only obviously the three and a half hour extravaganza, uh, including people in their bathtub uh, on Broadway that we had this, this, this week. Uh, but, you know, even here locally, the Milwaukee rep yesterday uh, announced an initiative where they are going to try to put out, I think almost every day, uh, either uh, somebody who has appeared in one of their shows in the past uh, who will sing a song, uh, or they've commissioned 10 of the people who have written for them all over the globe, uh, who will write things that will then be short monologues that will talk about issues like community or connection in this time, that will then be performed by various actors. And I got to tell you, I watched the first of them drop this morning. It's Nova Payton. Uh, who played Effie in the amazing uh, production at the Rep a few years ago of Dream Girls, singing, singing "You'll Never Walk Alone" or "You'll Never Be Alone," and I just, I just lost it watching that. But in the best way, it felt as though you had this person giving of herself in circumstances where, obviously, given the technology, um, it was not what would make her, even though she was awesome, it would not be what she would have if she were in a theater. Choosing to put herself out there and share with us a song which is just great anyway, and which in this particular moment uh, was, was just bomb uh, to, to the soul. And you're seeing this all over the place in terms of things that are being, being uh, shared. It's pretty great. I, I really love seeing um, how, how many of our colleagues are coming up with really inspired and creative ways to um, navigate this, this new situation. It's just a reminder of um, we, we're, this is a creative field and um, we have creative people that work in it and are, are capable of, of coming up with solutions. I mean, when we founded this company during the last recession, um, it was partly out of a frustration that um, it, it, despite the economic challenges, people weren't coming to the creative arts and asking for help in figuring out how to, how to dig our economy out of a hole. And um, to see the, the, the creativity and, and, and how rapidly our colleagues have been able to roll out new plans, new ideas, new initiatives, ways of keeping in touch is really, um, it, 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 it's so inspiring. And to see companies, yeah, I've been really watching Milwaukee Rep. I think their communications have been excellent around this and the speed with which they've put new things in place has really been impressive. Um, even things, you know, the Geffen Playhouse is now the Geffen Stayhouse, and they're doing a new program <laughs> there to, to bring content to people. Um, it, it really feels like we're all in this together in a, in a new and um, as scary as the times are, this is also, it's also exciting to see 
people being so creative and so supportive of each other. Um, and I hope that that creativity and that sense of community um, really continue long after this crisis, God willing, has has moved past us. So, um, yeah, it's it's pretty cool uh, to see what all of our peers are coming up with, and and um, yeah, I, I admire the heck out of everyone. It, this is, um, you know, we lost two really amazing uh, theater people this week, uh, and one of them, Terrence McNally. Uh, who died of complications related to this virus, uh, gave, if some of you remember, just an, a, an inspiring, beautiful speech talking about some of these issues when he received his Lifetime Achievement uh, Award at the Tonys this, le- this last year. And he said, you know, he said, theater changes hearts. The secret place, it's the secret place where we truly live. But he also said, and this really rang true to me, the world needs artists more than ever to remind us what truth and beauty and kindness really are. Um, I, I'm very sorry we lost him. I got to review, gosh, something like two thirds of his plays during the time that I was writing as a critic. I've read most of them. It was a sad day, but it was also kind of cool to be remembering those words and to know that we have them to sort of uh, sustain us. Really quickly, and on a sort of slightly lighter note, uh, this may make sense to folks in Madison uh, who have been around for a while. Uh, Stuart Gordon, who is one of the pioneers of Chicago theater, started organic theater, um, just did some crazy, crazy stuff, including when he was a student at Madison, which is where it all began with him and people like Andre DeShields, uh, a version of Peter Pan (laughs) called Naked Peter Pan, uh, (laughs) which the university tried to shut down. Uh, they went ahead anyway, uh, and it, it sort of launched in many ways right here in Madison, Wisconsin, the, the birth of, um, uh, he is really the godfather of the Chicago theater movement. Way before Steppenwolf, uh, he was the one making it happen. He also apparently, I would have loved to be a part of this, uh, did a version in Madison uh, of Who's Afraid of Virginia Woolf uh, in an apartment building that started as the show itself does at two in the morning. <laughs> Great. Yeah. Yeah, Terrence McNally is such a huge loss and Stuart Gordon locally. Um, you know, for, for me, having spent all of the 90s uh, living in New York um, and, you know, with the AIDS plague ravaging that community and, and McNally was um, a, a real chronicler of, of those times and that community. Um, and so losing him in particular early on in, in, in this current pandemic is, um, it, it's especially moving and, and heartbreaking. Um, yeah, yeah. Can I ask all, all three of you, Scott, you too, I mean, what are you, we've talked sort of around this in terms of talking about videos we're watching or things we're doing. What are you to sort of sustain yourself theatrically uh, doing? I mean, are you are you reading plays? Are you watching old movies? Uh, uh, Hollywood musicals? There, I did it. Got musicals into this one too. Uh, are there are there things that you're 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 turning to in particular to help you through through this in terms of theater? I am doing a lot more plays. I've always done, you know, the assignments for literary uh, committee and the assignments for the advisory company uh, plays. Um, but I chose not to find a new book. 
Um, I'm reading a lot of plays that I feel I should have read. You know, it's one of those uh, the high school books that, you know, we come back as an adult and think, oh, this is not so bad. Um, there's, there's a bunch of plays that I should have read at some point in my life, or I should be better on top of a particular playwright. And I am, I'm catching up with that. Scott, how about you? Uh, it's been, it, you know, it's funny because it, it, this particular situation, um, I, I first thought when it all started to happen, um, I had these, these ideas of how much time, extra time I was going to have when I was uh, not working. Uh, and I found there to be very little of that time. Uh, <laughs> it's, it's actually very, it's really challenging to, um, to keep working if for forward theater, which is, um, uh, which is it, actually having it has been really great. But um, by the end of the day, when you're wrangling, we have a seven-year-old at home uh, and my amazing wife has been um, helping in that regard. But um, at the end of the day, we're, we're exhausted. Um, and so it's been really hard to pick up something new. Um, I will say though that I've really enjoyed, um, I've enjoyed discovering some of the recorded uh, stage productions that are out there. I never used to be one that enjoyed watching stage plays on camera. But as we have started to dip our toes into it now, I've, it started out as research and now I'm fascinated at what makes a great uh, filmed play or state, you know, staged play for the screen. Um, and there's some really interesting theaters out there that are doing it and um, theaters around the world that are throwing stuff out there that I've never seen before. And I'm, I'm finding that to be incredibly fascinating. So, um, so I've expanded my mind in that way. That's awesome. Yeah, I have to say I'm a little more in Scott's boat in that um, I feel like I've been working um, more hours than normal uh, these last couple of weeks um rather than less but yeah at the, at the beginning of all this i was like oh i'll have all this time at home i'm gonna spring clean and maybe i'll get some gardening cooking. <laughs> you know there's a little bit of that and i've had you know some jigsaw puzzle breaks and things like that but i um i have not yet had the capacity to tackle um the scripts and the online films and all of that um i have found myself turning you know in that last half an hour to an hour before bedtime popping in you know and popping in, God, that's old school, but, you know, pulling up streaming uh, and an episode or two of just a really smart comedy to sort of um, not stress myself out anymore. <laughs> you know, Parks and Rec, Schitt's Creek, those have been good, good mental health friends to me um, in these last couple of weeks. Um, and yes, I, I do recognize I have a lot of Leslie Nope in me. Um, but, uh, you know, this, we're gonna, this is going to continue for you know, there's going to be several more weeks at the bare minimum of, of working from home like this. And I do hope to have a little more um, self-care time in the weeks ahead. And that includes um, creative self-care time, like you're referring to, Mike, of reading some more scripts, watching um, some films. I never got around to seeing One Man, Two Governors um, in the theaters when they uh, had that national theater production available locally. And I know that's going to be streaming free. What? Next Thursday, I think. April second, so, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. I will be watching that. Um, can't wait. Um, but yeah, things like that. Um, and I think you know we've so we've been chatting for a little while. I think this is probably a, as good a time as any to to wrap this particular conversation up. Um, but I do think we will um, find ourselves um, doing another podcast recording uh, in like circumstances in the coming weeks. Um, and for those of you who are um, followers of Forward Theater, we're going to be putting out some content, either a Facebook Live or a 
recorded podcast conversation or something every um, every Sunday at 2 p.m. Central Time on our Facebook page. So that's a great way to um, to catch up with all of us. But um, but for now, we're gonna make that a wrap on this particular episode of Theater Forward, and we're we're really grateful to all of you for listening, Mike. I- Yes, yes, we are grateful to you for, for listening. Sorry. Um, I, I, I guess to piggyback on what we've been saying for the last few minutes, now more than ever, in this time where we need to find ways to be together, even as we're apart, we would love to hear from you in our audience via any of our social media platforms. Even the old Luddite here is appreciating in new ways just how lucky we are to have these ways to communicate uh, with each other. And you can do that by reaching us on our website uh, at forwardtheater.com uh, or our podcast site, which is at Forward Theater, as always, as always, with an ER, and that's at Facebook uh, or Twitter. Um, so we do hope to hear from you. And please, everybody, stay safe. Thank you so much for listening. It means so much to know that um, that you're here, that you're here with us. Um, thank you. And stay safe out there.